Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. No. <laughs> Whenever you hear the words bloated sea, uh, sea carcass, you know it's got to be about Eric. So. I was going to say, do you know how hard it is to go to the beach and see like a jellyfish or a man of war washed up and I poke it? And I'm like, I should call him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It hurts, but it oh. feels good at the same time. I like it. It's the good kind. You know, it's the good kind to know that, like, even though you're getting shit on, it means they're thinking about you. And you know what? No press is bad press. Um, okay. You know, what, you know what really makes me happy last night at the karaoke was there were at least two other guys that were much fatter than me. Oh, hell and I, yeah. And I really, I really, really reached out to them because I said, uh, hey, you and me, let's take on and fight everybody here. And did it work out for you? Fuck yeah, we took down like twenty before they they got up ganged up on us. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So uh, with oh, that we note, take on like fifty like midget uh, Nicaraguans. Do you call yourselves the Beverly Over the Hills Ninjas? <laughs> <laughs> totally high on cocaine. Uh, <laughs> one more thing. Hold on. Banter for most oh, of yourself. One more second. Call, call, call us the Saturday Night Live overdosers. So. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me so sad. I remember when Saturday Night Live used to be funny. <laughs> yeah. It's all Horatio Stance's fault for still fucking being alive. God, you know what? I look back now and there were things Horatio did that I was like, wow, they were really funny. But most of the time, though I know he's a lovely man, I remember a lot of his sketches and just going, I don't understand a goddamn thing that's happening in any of these sketches right now. I <laughs> He wasn't my strongest uh, player. I still think there's a chance of the, the fat black guy on, on Saturday Night Live to die of drugs. Keenan Thompson? Yeah, he might he might get into drugs someday. No, so sweet <laughs> and, and adorable, man. Not unlike the uh, the kid from Mighty Ducks too. Talk about who looks rough. You know what I mean? That yeah, kid. yeah that kid looks you know, rough. I think that Lorena L- 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 um, um, Bracco slash uh, Michaels, he should just go all out and get like a bedridden fat guy who has to be wheeled around as an actor for all the sketches. And you get the fattest person on Saturday Night Live ever. 
Yeah, that like a real great, a real mojo type character, just completely bedridden, <laughs> gotta wash him with a rag on a stick. You know, like the androgynous uh, vampire from Blade. Oh yeah, fuck yeah! I love that fucking hematobin fucking riddled <laughs> piece of garbage. Uh, like, oh no, there's light! <laughs> oh my god, that's. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, welcome to Quality Time. We're back once again, ladies and gents. Uh, fixed, I think, most of the audio issues. We're all happy. We're healthy. Jeremy didn't get to meet Billy Zane, but I'm here, Eric Woodworth, and I'd like to introduce first my blood and my brother, Jeremy P. How are you, sir? Live from you, the front. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm sorry. Who's joining us on the program? No, it is me, Billy Zane. Oh, it's Billy Zane, the guy who you, yeah. you, who who refused to uh, let you enter a room because you you refused to mask up because it would ruin your pogo makeup. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, I was in the movie Terminator. You know that? I mean, uh, Titanic. Titanic. He was in Titanic. You know, Billy yeah, you Zane has. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I make like a million dollars in residuals on the movie every year. That is true. He's not hurting for cash at all. Although I would think he would be getting all his money from, uh, you know, that that Phantom movie. You'd think. You know what I get every day? A swimming pool worth of pussy. <laughs> One swimming pool's worth. Dive in. <laughs> uh, and uh, that other voice that you hear, the ever sultry, our co-host, Miss uh, Ashley Pontius. Ashley, how are you? I'm good, Daddy. Speaking of swimming pools of pussy, hey boys, <laughs> how's it going? What Jeremy didn't tell you about that is actually the swimming pool of pussy is just the juice that Ashley's been producing for Billy Zane all these years. It's just one. I like to, yeah, I like to think of myself as like a, a queen xenomorph. Just you know, got the little just a little egg dispenser beneath me, just cooking them out as I go. Little <laughs> conveyor belt of future Ashley, <laughs> like with like the longest like out outside uh, womb slash vagina. Yeah, it detaches whenever I'm really aggressive and a man tries to escape. I'll abandon my womb and just go after him. Oh, it's just like a regular. You're a regular old graboid. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is uh, which is the movie we'll be getting into tonight. A uh, couple of things, though. Jeremy, you're at the New Jersey Horror Con. How is that going? And uh, before you do it, uh, if you want to, we can bring up the special audio that, while it is for the Rob and Joe show, I think we should undercut them and debut it on our show uh, because I know it's funny enough that I think we, we should play it. What what time do you drop on Monday? It drops at midnight tonight, brother. Every midnight it, at midnight of Monday morning, pretty much. So it's up for everybody to listen to every Monday. Um, I heard that uh, Joe Robinson really loves Tom Arnold. So he doesn't. Yes, that is. A, they have a long-standing rivalry. One that actually made uh, uh, the entertainment news. Uh, I want to say like three or four years ago, where Joe <laughs> he referred to Joe Robinson as a total piece of shit, and then cursed him out. And uh, yeah, there was a lot. There was some tension when Joe had to open for. Well, uh, to to let our listeners know who maybe don't know who Joe Robinson is, or 
love the great Tom Arnold. Uh, I, I believe it was like 2017 or 2016. Joe actually uh, hosted for uh, the great Tom Arnold at the Baltimore Comedy Factory. And then Tom Arnold asked Joe Robinson to help sell his merch. And he said, I'm not fucking doing this. What do I look like? I'm a guy who just fucking sells the merch for the guy right here. I'm here. I'm here to do a job, not fucking peddle your wares. Um, which would have been fine, except then he went on 98 Rock the next day and talked about it. It got back and circled round, and uh, the sweet Tom Arnold lost his mind about it. So sounds uh, about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just I don't understand. Joe Robinson is usually such a very caring person uh, that would always no. help with that type of thing. <laughs> I can't think of anyone that Joe has ever upset in my life. Never, never at all. He's 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 basically he's a walking uh, uh, lovable machine. Um, but Jeremy, you ran into Tom Arnold at uh, the. Uh, uh, the New Jersey Horror Con. I'm guessing he was promoting some of his great appearances in films. Uh, and you got some yeah, audio. Like Nightmare on Elm Street 6. Oh, yeah. I forgot he's in. Is he in Nightmare on Elm Street 6? It's either 5 or 6, but he's with with Roseanne, some uh, actress. Oh, Roseanne, some actress. Well, here's what the audio that Jeremy picked up from the New Jersey Horror Con uh, regarding Mr. Tom Arnold in the Robin Joe show. Are you sure you know that? Let's do a little real. Okay. Yeah. Is that okay? Okay. Okay. So who is? Yeah. Who is? Uh, so Rob and Joe have a podcast. Yes. And it's it's not very good, right? No, it's and horrible. You're, and you're on it. Yes, so I do that, the music. Okay. Well, that makes that sounds worse. Well, Rob and Joe, it's Tom Arnold. Listen, fuckers. <laughs> I, the world needs more podcasts. More podcasts hosted by hosted by assholes. So I am so grateful. Your music sucks, but I'm happy about your podcast. What do they do on the podcast? What do they talk about? Uh, they talk about just themselves because you know well, yeah, they're, that's, they're, they do that. That's the best thing to talk about. Well, I, they're, I they're comedians. Oh, they're comedians. Oh, yeah. good. Well, well, the world needs is more comedians hosting fucking podcasts. You know, I have a podcast. I noticed you didn't mention that when you came up here. Sorry. Yeah, fucker. Uh, <laughs> the Robin, is it Robin Joe? Yes, sir. Robin, is that their real names? Yes. Okay. Well, Robin Joe, it's Tom Arnold. Congratulations on your podcast. I'm looking at a, a thing. Uh, with about your podcast is quality time. Is that the name of your podcast? Your That's name? my own. That's oh my... fuck. Yeah, that's all we need for a podcast. Well, Robin Joe, are they two? Are they two men? Yes. Okay. Well, that's they're not binary. That's not, well, they should be. I'm not even sure what that means. One might go transsexual someday. Well, that, we all might. <laughs> I've been divorced four times, so you think I'm going to fucking keep making the same mistake I make? Listen. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Good luck. For, sincerely, good luck, Robin I'm paying Joe. her 15 bucks, by the way. Yeah, I know. So you had to pay him $15 for that audio, Jeremy? No, I wish that I that, that I had, because the, when she quoted me, she said 50, but I heard 15. Oh, so you had to pay him 50 bucks for that little interview? 50 bucks. Oh, man. Honestly, Jesus. I got to be He's honest with you. Sucker. Totally worth it, Jeremy. Congratulate. <laughs> this is some of the best audio you've ever retrieved for us, Jeremy. I, I think this is the, the, even a worse stab in the back that I did to uh, Chris Restivo when Tom Arnold is trashing Robin Joe and they're saying it's it's a terrible podcast. I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right, Tom Arnold. So. <laughs> 
I think it's a good. It's a pretty good that bit. win. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that call from Joe Robbins saying like, "Not cool, Jeremy. Ah, Not cool." Wait, guy, Jeremy, you talked to Tom Arnold. This is gonna which, put you which, to the bottom of the power rankings now. Which, ah, which is what, know. which is what Chris Restivo called and said to me after me trashing Chris Restivo. So. Oh man, Chris, which, can I just point out? That it is deeply morally and emotionally upsetting to know that Tom Arnold has found four people to marry him, and I have not. <laughs> hey, <laughs> just hey, listen, you can't be Tom Arnold's first, but you can be next, Ashley. Look, I already have a thing for sad, broken men who are older than me. I don't need to find more. Oh, I, I no. just, I just want to understand why I can't find my first man to divorce. I'm not even, I'm not even at his level yet. I can't even find one man to break. I believe in you. You know, there's a lot of fellas out there that need green cards, and I think you could help out. It's not the same though. I want a man who's. I want a man who is on the same level. Like, I want another stand-up comedian, and I want to hear him be like, oh, my God, like I'm going to make it big and take care of both of us. And I'm like, yeah, babe. And then the minute he walks away, I fucking laugh my head off. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm going <laughs> All right. Well, goals, Jeremy. Now, J- Jeremy, did you, meet, uh, did you run into anybody else other than the, Bill, the great Billy Zane who, uh, who wouldn't gain you entrance uh, uh, and, and Tom Arnold? Um, I, 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 I talked to the, uh, the, the kid from the, don't tell the babysitters, uh, dead with the long hair. And, uh, he was also, um, uh, I guess that's his biggest, his biggest claim to fame, but he was also the, the, the grandson of uncle Fester from Adam's family and also out of all of his pictures on his on his fame table it was a picture with him and Hervé Villache from Fantasy Island. Oh, so this you met is this Keith Coogan? Is that who you met? Yes. Yes. Ah, very nice. Keith Coogan. What what is he up to? Is he uh is he doing good? I can't imagine, but uh, I don't, I I haven't I didn't recognize any of his newer um uh uh shows or things that he's done. Um, also I talked to, uh, Stooge from, uh, Night of the Demons again, cause he was at this other show, but I, I, I was supposed to get an interview today. And of course they wouldn't let me in cause they mask blocked me. Oh man. Uh, and, and of course I well, had Jeremy, to, how, why don't you just wear the Pogo, the clown ma- mask that makes it is your face. Literally. I, I left it at home. Oh man. Um, the, the other thing is I really wanted to, uh, finally meet, uh, Joanna Cassidy, who is of course the uh the snake dancer um replicant from the original Blade Runner who uh also um got shot by Harrison Ford as she ran through glass. Nice. And uh she she had a really good part in um Six Feet Under, which I watched every episode because I like watching gay men. And uh she was really good in that show. So Well good. Hey, well hey Keith uh Keith Coonan or Coogan, he's he has been busy. You know, he's been in uh, a TV series called The Quarantine Bunch for all of 2020. Uh, the bulk of the series, all six episodes. And, he was uh, also running. He was also running uh, karaoke last night, and he was helping do a uh, backup of me uh, singing uh, "When Doves Cry" by Prince. 
And, and I, there was also a lot of me uh, shirtless nipple rubbing. Oh, oh thank my. God. Yes. Now, when Did you, you get... say, oh, sorry, uh, I was gonna say you said it was called the quarantine bunch. Yes. The quarantine is... bunch. Is that when the Brady Bunch is all quarantined together and start thugging each other? Yeah, until all they, they they turn a group of nine into a group of twenty-one, and they all have blue skin and they flee to the hills of Kentucky. It's really cool, really cool. Story. We're sisters and brothers, and we're fucking. <laughs> we're sisters and brothers, and we fuck each other because we're not blood. I heard we'll still have kids, and they'll all be blue. I, they actually, they actually. Actually, cast. Uh, I actually have some uh, audio from um, the the quarantine bunch. Again, this is from like one of the. This is like their um, uh, uh, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen of the show, like the cute little baby ones. They're like six or seven, but uh, I did pull some audio from it. If you want to listen, they talk like this. I did it. I got. I was like, oh, oh, and then they do like the cute little thing after. <laughs> it's very, it's really nice. It's really nice. Well, my other question was like, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the first one, then my other question was going to be, is it just a group of kids that solve mysteries together? Like, who were you last exposed to? <laughs> um. We, we need. We, I'll preface this because we'll probably do it one day. Is a really bad '70s movie about a, a baby that kills people called "It's Alive." But the, oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the highlight of that film, of course, is the baby that makes the noise to the entire movie, going. <laughs> I love demon baby movies. I still need us to watch the suckling at some point. That's about an abortion that goes wrong. <laughs> oh man. One love it. When a coat hanger isn't enough, the suckling. Um It's truly it's oh god, it is a truly masterful movie. They think they aborted it and they threw it down a drain and then it comes back angry. I love it. <laughs> Hell fucking yeah. All right, I'm into it. I can't wait. That's awesome. So, uh, great, great job, Jeremy. We're really glad to have you out in the mix, getting things done. Uh, I have one story to share before we get into tonight's thing. Uh, I went to do a show, another John Yeager show. Uh, I keep, I keep, first of all, I preface this by again saying I love John Yeager. Okay, as a person, as a man of the, as as one of my favorite members of the tribe of Israel, he is just a phenomenal person to be around, and I just in general enjoy him. I know what I'm getting into in every John Yeager show. I know it'll be at a restaurant of some sorts that generally never does comedy. There'll be way too many people on the show, and he will do at least a tight ten minutes in between every comic. Like I know this going in. And I, this is, it, it was exactly what I expected. It was at a place called Outcast Saigon, which was in Virginia, mm-hmm. which you actually Saigon did. Outcast. Sorry, Saigon Outcast, which you actually did what, like two weeks prior, I think? I did. And then I am also the person that first did a show there ever. This would have been the same venue where they did karaoke in between everyone's stand up set. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> This was the night I got drunk, called Eric, screamed at Eric, and then there was no bathroom, so I peed at a horse farm. 
<laughs> so uh i you know i made i did make the uh the most of of my evening there uh it is it was fun to see my name in lights in front of uh on a flyer uh in front of uh two unisex bathrooms i'm making it i'm making it right now at a self-serve tap though although this was the first time i got to see self-serve taps which was really cool isn't too. it awesome it is you just put your card in there and then it incentivizes you to pour the beer correctly and not waste anything because it's 50 cents an ounce sometimes so you're like i better get all this in here uh so that was fun and uh i did uh i did a a bit of uh uh, crowd work and stuff like that and uh i met this um met this guy i do this one joke where i ask if anybody vapes because i i'm a vape user right and uh uh i usually one person usually sheepishly raises their hands because the joke is it's there's a stigma to it uh and i always say oh it's you know it's really good to see a fellow vapist and that went over really good right everybody starts starts laughing and i was like what is that i'm not sure what we're called blah 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 and this this lady goes uh she's like maybe you should pick a different word for that i was like no, the the bit is that I'm too dumb to understand that it sounds like the the other word rape, and then so and everybody started laughing. At that. I was like, "That's that's the joke is that I'm too dumb to understand that," and then uh, that went over really well. And then uh, the rest of the show is, you know, it was what it was. I also told the guy who was a, a African American gentleman, I was like, "You know, I feel like we're really being discriminated on." On, I was like, "I'm sure you've never felt that in your life, but now, now that we're doing this, this is it, huh? This is this is the thing," which uh, he got a pretty good Eric, kick out you, of. You make friends everywhere you go. I do. Yeah, you I just do. Don't have that power. I I also I also found that uh did you know this Ashley that next door to that place there's a giant gaming hall where yes. they played uh tabletop games and I walked back past it and I told every girl that was at this show next door that was like if you want your self-esteem to go through the roof or if you just want to see so many hats tipped and miladies said you just one of you walk take one lap through that place and watch the watch the the wrists intensify every step of the way uh so that was that is accurate is it accurate yeah did you go through ashley no, no, no. That, that's accurate because I had another girl say something very similar to where she was like, if you need a boyfriend or if you just need attention, go to a tabletop game hall and be like, is there anybody that can teach me how to play Magic the Gathering? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, just watch these little little wieners go up in the air. And they were like, I can't help you. Yeah, it's, uh, I haven't tried it yet, but I know there's a place in Frederick. I get desperate enough. Uh-huh. I know a few boys that'll be like, would you like to play Settlers of Catan? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I, just, I just want your average girl to say, can you tell me more of the names of the different creatures in the cantina in the original Star Wars? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. <laughs> See, but that's not what I want. If I'm being honest, what I want is to crawl into your lap while you're playing a video game, grab your face and go, I need all your attention all the time. You can't have hobbies anymore. I am your hobby. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, um, hey, I know the little toggle switch on a woman. Toggle, toggle. There you toggle, go. Toggle. 
Do you, Jerry? Uh, Jerry, do you know where it's located? Jerry, Jerry just started doing a motion like he was starting a B-52. It's, uh, it's called Flick the Switch. Uh, <laughs> 20 minutes, she makes funny noises. I like well, I'm, I like it. It's because it implies that your, your wife's uh, clit is the size of a small dick, and I that's very funny to me. Well, I just go like this. I do like that. All right. <laughs> if I could offer advice, nipples are kind of like your your two. Uh, God, I'm a gamer, and I should. I'm drawing a total blank on the R three, the joysticks, joy cons. Thank, thank you. I don't know why I was drawing a fucking blank, but yeah, that's like ladies' nipples. Just give them a good, just give them a good swirl. Not yeah. too hard. Just I'll tell good, you what. Every time, every time around. I grab the old lady's titties, I can never even beat the first level of Tomb Raider. So. <laughs> Yay. I just do what I usually do is just suck on them until blood comes. This is- <laughs> Which is what Jeremy I- calls climax in his household. Uh, this is upsetting. <laughs> Can I talk about my weekend? Yes, how was your weekend? She usually, she usually screams and says, stop biting me. Uh, <laughs> All right, enough, yeah. you fucking monster. Uh, Jesus, I want to put a mask on you right now, Jeremy. <laughs> She can't get out of those handcuffs. Oh, oh, Jeremy, please. Jesus Christ. Um, so my weekend was very similar to Eric. It's funny because we don't always end up on the same show together unless Eric's the one booking. But we send, we tend to have the same same evenings. So I texted Eric last night because, shockingly, different booker. Same town, but I performed at an ice rink at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, so I, which I, I I only responded back because I fell asleep shortly after that message. That's okay. I, go, I wish I would have too. I go, I go, man, must have been a very like. First of all, an ice rink's top time is usually a Saturday night filled with weird middle schoolers trying to get to first base. Well, so it's you're kind of right, obviously. Okay, so this is where it gets complicated. On the one hand, there are children there, and I'm looking the booker dead in the eye. And I go, sir, you've got maybe 15 minutes before I start talking about my dripping wet puss. And he's like, got it. Then... <laughs> out on the ice. So I guess like those kids are done and they're probably going to get ready to leave or they're waiting for their parent who could be one of the hot ass daddies out on the ice practicing hockey and or curling. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was almost removed before the show even started because I may or may not have sexually harassed the man with the Zamboni asking him if he'd like to give me a Z- Zam boner. Um, <laughs> he did make a complaint about me then, which is fair. Um, but no, there was like no audience. Oh, as you can imagine, there was a faux brick wall. You could tell it was just wallpaper, and we set up our display right in front of the one arcade game that I could not tell you what it was because it was like a generic version of every game you've ever played put together. That was a main um, cabinet. Nice. Oh, okay. the sixty-four and one. Ah. Yeah, it was. Oh, dude, it was. It was rough. I will say though, and then I'll wrap this up. That was wild. I still had fun. I will also say that Satan was looking out for me because a comedian I do not like who has touched me in the past that I think is a piece of shit ended up on the show last minute, which I was horrified by. And I was terrified to do the show with this guy. I brought my knife. I was ready to throw punches. 
he shows up. Oh, boys. He looked like fucking garbage. Oh, my God. He looked so homeless, like he'd been living in the woods for three months. And he looked <laughs> confused, like he had gone off his Seroquel XR 100 milligrams. And he just, oh, he just looked like absolute dog shit. And then I was told, oh, his girlfriend might be here. Which I was like, how does this fucker have a girlfriend? Shocker, she's not there anymore. So every, uh, just everything about him made me feel better and unafraid that's why this man touched me years ago because he is an amoeba and it just felt nice so i was like thank you well, satan that's like, good I'm, I'm glad this guy is living his worst life that's awesome i want to hear the end of that story where uh all of a sudden a rottweiler walked up to him and then he uh hung himself <laughs> god that's fucking <laughs> No, but but truly, truly, I couldn't even pick on this man. I came prepared with jokes in case he interrupted my set, but I couldn't even make fun of him because it would be like making fun of a toddler. It was punching down. I just couldn't do it. And I left in such a good mood. So, guys, I had a great weekend. Awesome. Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. Um, I, I got hey. one last. I got one last question for Jeremy. Okay, Jeremy. All right. True or false? Uh, back uh, my show at Outcast Saigon or Saigon Outcast, whatever we want to call it. It's in Ashburn, Virginia. It's a Vietnamese restaurant. True or false? In the front row of this show, there was a three-year-old child sitting there. Uh, I'm gonna say it was maybe a midget. So you're going to go with false? Is that is that one of the choices? It's just true or false. You got a 50-50 shot. Is, was there a three-year-old child in the front row of this comedy well, show? Well, I, I think the chances are yes, that, that is possible. You th so you're going true. I wish you would just answer true or false. I will say that could have happened, <laughs> and yes, that is possible. All right, I'm going to take that as true. Uh, Jeremy is false because the child was actually not three. He was two years old. So I, was, I performed in front of a two-year-old well, child. Well, that's a trick question. You didn't say two years old. I did. I know. that. That's the fun of true or false. That's the fun of true or false. You got well, three-year-olds can hear the fucking pussy all the fucking time. Two-year-olds, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, that my my buddy on Call of Duty, he's like, "The fuck you fucking doing, you fucking little cunt bitch!" Oh shit! And I'm like, dude, that's a little hard for a two year old. <laughs> Uh, you know, I stuck with the bit, Jeremy, and you nailed the landing. Are I mean, we... if they were three, I'd be fine with it. Are we ready to get into tonight's movie, though? Because oh, let me let me add my last two cents to Tom Arnold because he did he did kind of warm me, but um. Not only did when I mentioned True Lies, I was like, "Dude, you're you're gonna be the closest I'm ever be able to get to Bill Paxton." And I started doing like, "I've got a little dick." And then of course, <laughs> and then of course, he asks me if I've seen The Dark Backward. When I'm which, oh my fucking gosh! I, I I hate to say I love Tom Arnold just for fucking mentioning that. You were like, and, and, "Do and, and, I love and, the dark backward?" And then you turned around and showed him your uh, tramp stamp of the dark backward on your. Lower I was back. just about to say the dark backward <laughs> is your butthole. And then, and then of course I said, "Hey, if you want to tell a couple jokes, 
I'll play a few notes. Hell yeah. And then like, I get to two of my other favorite Paxton, which is like, I got this for you. And I didn't pay a dime. <laughs> well, it's, Jeremy, it's funny that you, you, uh, you're incapable of not mentioning Bill Paxton every day of your life, but it's actually good that you did bring him up. Because uh, tonight's movie, which is 1990's Tremors, thank you very much, Miss Ashley Pontius, for bringing this one into the fold Hell this yeah. week. Uh, directed in, uh, uh, filmed in 1989, uh, came out in 1990. Uh, uh, one of the main actors is Kevin Bacon, who plays Valentine McKee in this uh, 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 in this movie uh, one of the people that was actually considered to play this part was none other than Bill Paxton he also would have been great I, Bill Paxton would have definitely nailed this character yeah, I like 100%. that it's Kevin Bacon but at mm-hmm. one time the, instead of uh, of course we have uh, Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward in this movie who really anchor it along with the great Michael Gross but the uh, the original cast was all, very close to being Bill Paxton and Jack Palance so uh, <laughs> I think how fun would Bill Paxton and Jack Palance have been? He's like, why don't you, why don't you just pull vault over this goddamn rock <laughs> like that? And just and Bill Paxton's like, no problem, chief. And then he's just like, that would be that would have changed the whole dynamic of the yeah. film. Yeah. So uh, now this. Hey, wait. Why are we doing all these loser jobs? We could be doing something better in life. I'll tell you. We let's call it. We'll call it rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, one of the fun things that you'll notice that rock, paper, scissors happens a lot in this movie, like four times, and Kevin Bacon loses three out of the four matches. But if you notice, uh, the thing that always wins is rock. So, Can I also just throw out there that this bothered me, and I I always remembered the rock, paper, scissors thing, but it hit me today when I rewatched it because last night at my show... I overheard two of the comedians at my show say they ended up having more children because they played rock, paper, scissors with their wives and they lost. Oh, <laughs> more like cock, paper, scissors. Am I right? Um, so Somebody didn't get the scissors quick enough, apparently. So. <laughs> uh, I, I, thought this, I thought the game was played um, was either played facial butt or vagina. Ah, there we go. Um, so uh, the writer of this uh, of this fine movie is S.S. Wilson, and he actually just got the idea when he was sitting on a rock in the desert wondering, I was like, man, what if there was something out there that kept me from getting off this rock? Uh, <laughs> literally the entire basis of this movie and probably the fact that he actually watched or read Dune uh, have to be the inspirations for this film. Um, Hashtag high thoughts. <laughs> uh, and this is actually the uh, feature film uh, directorial debut of Ron Underwood. Uh, he would later go on to uh, uh, actually direct uh, City Slickers as well as Mighty Joe Young. City Slickers, of course, with the great Jack Palance that we mentioned before. Uh, and of course, the blockbuster movie we can never forget about, The Adventures of Pluto Nash. Now... Uh, <laughs> 
But he's actually, uh, he's done a bulk of his work, though, uh, as a hired gun for many well-known TV shows, such as uh, Monk, Ugly Betty, Burn Notice, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and Fear the Walking Dead. So, shout-outs to Ron Underwood in his directorial debut here. City Slickers is another great movie, and even though it's obviously not the same, it almost, I could see it having almost kind of the same vibe. Yeah, it's it's in the desert. It's filmed mostly yeah. outside. Uh, in fact, this entire movie only has two interior shots. Uh, one of Mr. Mm-hmm. Chang's uh, um, uh, little little store, and of course, uh, Bert's downstairs uh, bunker with all of his guns. Those are the t- only two interior shots. Same thing with City Slickers, which I feel like the movie City Slickers was just based off of the Pace Picante commercial, like New York City. That's literally the entire <laughs> basis of that movie which now that you tell us how this movie came to be it is very much possible <laughs> i love how dumb hollywood is he's like hey you seen that paste picani sauce commercial what if we made a whole movie get this i got billy crystal and jack palace <laughs> Also, I'm going to throw in Daniel Stern. Yeah, the guy from The Wonder Years, which this movie has a Wonder Years fucking tie too because the older brother from Wonder Years is one of the characters. Uh that would be the great uh looking for his name. Can't find it. Thought I was ready, but I really wasn't. Uh Who's the act? Yeah. What's the character that he plays in this movie? He plays um, you know. The other Jew? He plays he plays the dude or whatever. Uh no, he plays Super Wayne. Helpful, he plays Wayne in the Wonder Years, but in this he plays Melvin. Uh Robert Jane. Robert Jane. Who, oh, okay. Who plays the dickhead uh brother, older brother in the Wonder Years, Wayne. But he also plays uh I, I really most fondly remember him as the guy who actually has Pee Wee's bike in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> where he's, he plays the dickhead kid who just has <laughs> God, we are a highbrow group. That's what I like about us. People talk about like Oscar winning performances and we're like, oh, I'm sorry. Have you seen Pee Wee's Playhouse? (laughs) City Slickers? No, go fuck yourself. Uh, I like the original name for City Slickers, which is called Cowboy Jews. Yeah. So, uh, uh, obviously, the movie. We got quality time. We are definitely not racist, and we love Jews. That is true. We've if go back to our our Zionist agenda episode. If you don't believe us, now, um, it, Kevin Bacon is the uh, the star power behind the movie, and uh, he actually considered this uh, one of the most fun movies he'd ever filmed, and most fun he ever had filming. Uh, but in retrospect, he his wife actually gave birth to his child while on set here so he didn't get to see the birth of his child and on top of that uh started crying when he really started to think about the movie that he had made to miss the birth of his child which is a movie about giant sandworms and he felt like it was a career low for him and they were still (laughs) married yeah do do you know how badly i would hold that over my spouse's head that like 10 years 20 years and i'll just look at him on the couch with the disgust and just be like do you remember do you remember when you missed the birth of Tyler so you could make tremors with Fred Ward? Well, Do you remember that? Well, that's the funny thing. They actually, uh, I mean, even though it was filmed on set, I, I really do believe 
uh, Precambrian Graboid Bacon is his favorite child. Uh, so they uh, they named him after the movie. Anyway, so oh, they named him they named him Walter <laughs> after, the, after the, the deceased Chinese word. <laughs> so uh, uh, not to I, I really I really wish that they pair a movie with uh, Kevin Bacon and maybe a guy named Walter Eggs. Bacon and eggs. Okay, got I got you. I got you. Okay. Uh, obviously, the great Fred Ward is in this film, uh, which is uh, this Remo, is Remo Williams. Yes, our second film with Fred Ward that we've done. Remo Williams. Shout out, uh, Chris. Chris Lawrence, who uh, who suggested that one on one of our one of our great episodes from 2020. Uh, one of my favorite Joel Gray movies, next to. Uh, Cabaret. Yeah. Uh, Finn I, Carter plays Rhonda, uh, Rhonda LeBeck in this, who plays the geologist uh, uh, checking out the seismic noise that's being caused in this small, desolate town. Uh, and I'm sorry, Ashley. I cut, I cut you off, Ashley. Go ahead. No, 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 no. It wasn't important. I was just going to say, am I the only person who noticed that particularly in this movie, though I think he's had it his whole life, did we all notice that Fred Ward has Tommy's evil eye? No. <laughs> I, I like, have not. No, go back and rewatch. He's got the one that's just kind of squinty. <laughs> I, hate to say, I, I, get, I hate to say I get him mixed up with uh, Stephen Mox from uh, Graveyard Shift, who is the bad guy boss. I oh. could totally see that. Yes, they do look incredibly similar. In fact, it wasn't until you said that that I realized Fred Ward wasn't in Graveyard Shift. <laughs> like, this isn't the same guy. They yeah. do look incredibly similar. But then- it's also like I, I saw that uh, that uh, Heaven Can Wait movie, and I'm like, this isn't Chappelle. This is Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the uh, the great actor Michael Gross plays uh, probably I think most at least my favorite character Bert Gummer uh, and Michael Gross actually took this uh, he started filming this movie uh, one day after filming the final season finale for uh, um, oh God why am I can't I remember the the name of the show now I know Jeremy knows it right off his hand. Is it just the 10 of us? Yeah. Perfect Strangers? It's not Perfect Strangers, and I know you know what it is, and now you're just doing the bit where, where just, I didn't. Uh, just, the, just the eight of us? Eight family Ties. Family Ties. I remembered it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Um, he had just finished, he had just finished filming this and then immediately the next day went out to the desert and started filming this alongside his, uh, TV, uh, his movie wife, Heather Gummer played by the great Reba McIntyre, who's making also her, uh, movie screen debut as an actress. So, uh, there, there was actually one part where, uh, she actually wasn't going to get to read for this part because they didn't like the idea of bringing in a. Uh, a person that like generally in Hollywood you bring in someone like a sting or someone like that with who's an unproven actor or actress uh, just to sell some extra tickets and he didn't want to do that and have to deal with that uh, but they said after the read she was a natural talent at acting they totally missed like they could have completely missed out on the talent that was a single mom who works too hard who loves her kids and never stops yes yes yes. (laughs) so i I remember just a couple of years ago i was watching family ties and the character of michael gross was actually a hippie at one point 
but his house gets robbed so he decides to buy a gun and he's like handling it like he's scared to death of guns yeah <laughs> I was like, hey that's some good typecasting there yeah man he's got it he's got it he can, he's got a wide the, range by yeah. the way when i met when i met michael gross i complimented him on his uh tim and eric show where they made fun of his name it's like that's gross i'm michael gross yeah I, I do love that i do love that so eric real quick if you know it's okay if you don't but i would say isn't this kind of the end of michael's career because didn't he go on to do like five more tremors movies and that uh, as a matter of yeah. fact yes it's uh, yes he does he 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 i don't think he's is he in part two uh, because i know he's in part three because he's on the cover which is the return to perfection which is the the fictional town in which so this tremors i could be place. wrong and i've seen all of them <laughs> i should remember um but i was thinking he was in number two if he's not Fred Ward is who comes back for sure in number two. Yeah, I know that um, for sure. I do. Know yeah, that and then for number sure. three, I know Bert is. Sorry, not to ruin anything, but like, so I know yeah, Bert is, is back in number three. Damn he it. is back. He is back in part two as well. Uh, Michael Gross okay. also does. does so is he's a star. In all of them. He's even been in the one um, where they're in the ice. I've seen that one. <laughs> Which is how did the other ones stack up? Because I've I have seen Tremors two before, but where is do they just get so, progressively more Sharknado y and worse, or do they well, get so, better? Yes, yeah, so, sort of. So hold on, I think I need to cough one second. Is it like Star Trek where it's like so, all the even numbers are good, but the odds are bad? <laughs> no, 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 no. So here's my opinion, and I will also be very honest that 1990, this one came out. I didn't see it until what, maybe five years later as a little kid because I was born in 92. So I didn't get mm -hmm. to see these with fresh eyes. But I was super young when I watched the first three. So I love Tremors. Tremors 2, I thought was a very creative take on the first. Is it as good? No. Number three, again, does get progressively worse. But I'm just going to say this now. It's too fun not to own it because it's a great, I'm just going to stop it as a trilogy because in the third one, they are now called ass blasters <laughs> 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 because they can fly by farting. <laughs> I like it. They've acquired Ren and Stimpy like powers by that time. And I, that I enjoy. Absolutely. Somebody, somebody took some hands from Gremlins too. <laughs> It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It looks it looks like someone killed a chicken, plucked it, stuck a dinosaur head on the outside, and then makes it fly by f powerful farts blowing it. <laughs> I just want to rules. think that they had like a round table writers discussion, <laughs> and the one guy, as a joke, he's like, "What if they propel themselves by farting?" And like, that's a good idea. We're gonna roll with that. I was kidding. But the best part is the fear. The fear in their eyes. And they're like, no, it's coming. Run. And then you just see this fat chicken just farting. <laughs> so what would you tell our listeners if they were to watch any other Tremors movie? What, what's what's the second best in the in the series? Apart from well, the first. I feel like the ass blasters. But you really should watch the first three in order to enjoy it it's a fun trilogy but personally if you want them to be fun stop it at number three once you get to the ones in the ice 
It's real bad. Isn't there it, one that's like it, a survivor one where they're on a, on an island too? Island. Yep. They just are so. I How do they even? Wasn't the whole thing is that the tremors are geographically held because of mountains and rocks, and now no. they've gone. <laughs> Eric, see, you haven't watched them because because obviously once they learn how to fly in the third one, oh. they can go anywhere. But you have to remember, as you watch each one, they're evolving. They're oh. becoming different generations. But man, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. But if you get to the one with ice, if you get like cut or bit by them, you still you're like infected and i'm like what are you gonna turn into a graboid this is some shit (laughs) i gave up Uh, fuck that shit no the first three are the good ones which is exactly how my parents feel about their kids but excellent so uh uh, i still thought it was believable with them flying through farting (laughs) (laughs) so so uh one other fun fact about the about the grummers michael gross and reba mcintyre uh when you first see the the vehicle that they're driving which is actually a real life vehicle gmc that michael gross actually owned at the time uh the license plate on it says uh uzi for you and the bumper sticker on the vehicle's right front bumper reads free afghanistan which you know it only took it only took another 30 years and they are indeed finally free this is Uh, so upsetting uh, (laughs) now this movie uh also features one uh a couple other uh notable actors and actresses uh one is uh victor wong who plays walter chang jeremy what other walter uh what other victor wong movie have we covered um i'm gonna say the crazy crazy asian wedding movie yep that was it that was it ashley would you like to retort we did prince of darkness boom which was my first episode um and there's another carpenter classic that we've also done is it big trouble in little China? as a matter of fact yes it is there you go and i wasn't so even on that episode thank it's god our, I'm, it's gonna, our, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the golden child uh we haven't done the golden child but great movie nonetheless uh this movie also has uh, Ariana Richards, who would go on to play a very similar role in a blockbuster movie, Jurassic Park, two years later. So there you go. Really rounds out Wait. our cast there. Is she? Oh, my God. Is she the uh, the young the young girl who's the granddaughter of? Uh, yep. God, we're all drawing blinks today. Yes. That's that's, that's, cr- that's crazy because then she comes back for Lost World and she and she comes back for tremors three with the ass blaster oh yeah look at that full circle and you thought kevin bacon was hitting a low point imagine going from from jurassic park to the fucking ass blasters uh tremors movie it's hard to be a woman all right (laughs) my favorite scene in tremors is when she sees that glass of water that that looks like there's something really a big graboid near okay so uh now the graboids were actually uh made by the uh, uh the company amalgamated dynamics uh who would go on to do special effects for other films which is pretty much every alien film after alien 3 like pretty much all the worst alien films uh avp all of that uh they did the special effects for mars attacks jumanji starship troopers very similar looking monsters that you'd see in that uh the kevin bacon classic 
classic uh, Hollow Man, Demolition Man, and of course, the special effects masterpiece we know as Wild Hogs. So, um, we <laughs> can I can I talk about the can I talk about the black version of that Kevin Bacon film the, of Hollow Man? Yeah, it's called Hollow Man. Oh, Hollow Man. Okay, I like it. That's the black exploitation version of it. Yeah, he hollows the people. Okay, I like I like where yeah. you're going with it. Okay, starring Witherspoon, the the crazy Fridays guy. Yeah, Reese Witherspoon. I'm, bl- I'm, bl- I'm invisible. <laughs> it's, it's Reese Witherspoon, yeah, Reese Witherspoon pretending to be black. Little movie. I kind of all right. I would watch that. I would watch that. So uh, I think she's in like Friday, Friday, Friday again. Something. Now the the. With the noises that you hear the Graboids make in this movie became really popular to reuse in other films. Uh, so the noises that you hear them making in this would be reused in Predator 2, Starship Troopers, the movie Ants, Mosquito in 1994, and as recently as Kong Skull Island in 2017. So look at that. I, I like the tagline for the movie Mosquitoes. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, and according to material from the Sci-Fi Channel, who would eventually run the uh, the short-lived Tremors television series, uh, the official name for, uh, scientific name for the Graboid is Cadarius Cad- uh, Mexicana, uh, which <laughs> I thought was a weird choice for a promotional story. Um, so, Thanks. let's hop into well, the... I, I bet- I met another star at the at the uh convention. She was hanging out with uh the guy who um uh was in Devil's Rejects who looks like a wrestler that wore like the uh, the full body armor that got shot and um he was hanging with this hot looking babe and she was very proud that her uh movie f- claim to fame was the uh the Killer Donuts movie. Cool. <laughs> Okay. Which is by far the scariest movie to any police officer. <laughs> Sometimes, Jeremy, really, when you I take us off top, <laughs> you thought it was get out. That's good. Uh, Jeremy, I love when you take us off topic and then it pays off. So thank you for that. That that, that was that was wonderful. Now uh, it's okay. I've got a little dick. <laughs> so, I do want to thank you guys for saying yes to doing this movie because I almost made a huge mistake when recommending it because when I googled it wrong and came up with a different Tremors, I was like, oh no, I think this is the Michael J. Fox documentary. <laughs> Uh, so uh think I my head so uh they find uh they find that the wor- the the town has uh giant sandworms that are uh tormenting the the small town of uh, uh perfection and uh they find the first guy who's dead up on a power pole of dehydration and is the only casualty that didn't die at the hands of a graboid in this movie so uh he was just too scared to come down uh um also eric it's called perfection valley oh I... which um self shameless promotion you can also find that as my only fan's name that's my vagina <laughs> So uh, uh, it then ends up uh, taking out an elderly couple in their car uh, and uh, takes out also a uh, construction worker as uh, Bert and um, 
uh, Earl find uh, uh, the head of another man that it's killed. Now, uh, I do want to mention one day thing that like Kevin Bacon does a great job in this movie, but in the opening shots when they're showing them work, put up this barbed wire fence. Uh, there's this weird opening scene where Kevin Bacon misses a very small staple like eight times in a row and is holding a hammer like a man who's never seen one, but has had it explained many times to him. Uh, now, Kevin himself has claimed that this was just an improvisational thing that he did, which I take as I held a hammer for the first time that day, and <laughs> they ended up leaving it in the movie. Uh, he's quite the fancy lad. What can we say? The, the man that did foot Footloose has never held a hammer. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm shocked. <laughs> I do like the scene where it takes out the elderly couple in the car because that one guy's generator gets sucked down and then he gets sucked down and his wife tries to save him and then she gets in the car and then uh, you get to see all the little snake heads come up around the thing. That is a good it's a fun I, way to establish the horrible I, monster. No, it is good. That is one of my favorite scenes as well. I also, even though I love animals, I do love when they find that the graboids have eaten all of the sheep oh, and yeah, the yeah. farmer and I was like, holy shit. Would you call this Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> <laughs> and then the farmer's name was Fred, so that could be dropped. Dead Fred? <laughs> I hey, you uh, know, Tremors was a good movie name. They actually did have uh, yeah. multiple other movie names that this was almost called. Uh, one which would later become a different horror movie is called, uh, it was almost called Dead Silence. Uh, and oh, then yeah. a less popular one almost got called Land Sharks. So uh, oh. Ugh, oh, that no. would have been a rough one. Uh, would have been a rough one. Horrible. So the... Uh, they, of course, are now kind of locked in town because this thing attacks cars and swallows them up whole. So what do they do? They send out uh, Burt Ward and Kevin Bacon on horseback to see if they can go get help. Of course, uh, loaded up with a bit of an arsenal, thanks to the uh, to the Grummers. Uh, so uh, when they first run into it, it ends up eating uh, Earl's horse. And as they're running, they there's like a giant uh, concrete uh, drainage system in the middle of the desert, which seems like a weird move. Uh, they go to jump across it, and the Graboid is so dumb that it just runs so fast into it, it ends up killing itself, which I thought was very funny that it could... like. First of all, it barely moves faster underground than a man running full speed. And if you ran, first of all, they ran and jumped into the same wall and it they were fine. So I don't understand how this thing was just like, I go so fast, like Sonic the Hedgehog under this, well, I'm going to kill myself. No, I know you're right, but I guess the only difference being if you were to like run as fast as you can and hit your head though against like a concrete wall you're gonna have like head trauma right challenge like, like the... fucking accepted no eric we already <laughs> hold on punch yourself. we get it like you had head trauma <laughs> uh, i'm one your more head and your... i'm one more full speed run into pulling a full chris benoit at my house okay i was gonna i was gonna say look eric we know you have breed damage and that your little graboid doesn't work anymore but you need to stop hurting yourself <laughs> so uh 
I do think that's pretty uh, is pretty ridiculous. They also meet up with uh, with Rhonda there, who's like, "Hey, I've been looking for these things. Guess that's it." And uh, meet up with that with that lady uh, as they get to examine the body. They see that it has lots of little spine tentacles all over it that help itself uh, move through the uh, the very hard dirt of the uh, of the desert uh, without without too much problem. Eric, yes, this is so upsetting. The outside of the graboid looks like my legs because I never want to shave. <laughs> I think Ashley is a graboid at this point. <laughs> I think she I am is. a graboid. I open my pussy lips and these little tentacles just come out and pull you in. Yeah. And I only move by sound. I'm like, there's a man around. <laughs> But as they're as they're examining this thing, they get rolled up on by another one and are forced onto the rocks, which is the only place that obviously they can't get it because they can't bore through rocks. Uh, but they have to think of a way to get off. And this is probably the best use of pole vaulting I've ever seen in a film. Uh, hands down, they find some sticks that are laying near the rocks and uh, to get back to their truck are able to go from boulder to boulder using said pole vaults, which were very conveniently placed. <laughs> I, I do agree. It is kind of uh, a little bit too fun. I also find it super unbelievable because I know my body type mm-hmm. and there's no way I could have cleared cleared that distance with my body i would have fallen right down to slid like when i tried to do a stripper pole class you just hear me real <laughs> thick like a greasy hog just <laughs> slide, slide down to my litter box that is the desert and just get gobbled up and they're like oh well at least she saved the rest of us by getting eaten i like it the second <laughs> ashley hits the ground the graboid just goes whap is back on the menu boys uh <laughs> Eric, it's so funny you brought that up. Can I sidetrack us for one sure. second? I'm so sorry. I forgot to bring this up earlier. My show last night, one of the things I do is I like to talk about WAP and I like to engage the audience. And they were women. And I go, ladies, who here got that WAP? Instead of a resounding, oh, oh, like over here. I had a woman literally hide behind her husband and go, no, I don't have it. Go away. <laughs> I no woman would raise their, everyone was like, no. I'm like, ladies, I'm, I'm so confused. Do you know what the WAP is? And they go, yes. And I'm like, you are wholeheartedly telling me you don't got it. They're like, no, please leave me alone. I was like, sorry. She's got no. that. She's got that dop dry oiled pussy. Uh, that's. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. I just, I've never been so shocked in my whole life. Eric, sorry. It's going to stay with me for the rest of my life that a woman would literally cry and say, no, don't tell people I've got a wet ass pussy. Has he, she's screaming it at a fucking ice rink in the middle of nowhere. I like it. In Leesburg, Virginia at a free comedy. Hell yeah. So uh, the boys are able to. Uh, I just think it's really derogatory to mention Italians like that. Yeah, I agree. I really did. When you started that story, you were like, yeah, I got him. He's right here. And boy, he's got some fucking really crazy ideas on uh, supporting the blue. Let me tell you. Uh, 
that's uh so uh they are able to then to make it back to chang's place uh where the graboid comes to get them where they live uh the little girl mindy who's from jurassic park is out there and uh he kevin bacon has to run out and snatch her off of her pogo stick just in time for the graboid to eat that and then spit it far into the air that's important because the fact that it can spit things a hundred feet into the air will come in later in the story Um, i also do the same thing yes (laughs) so uh uh she actually uh uh Rhonda actually gets caught up in some barbed wire while she's trying to outrun the thing and uh actually has to lose her pants at this part uh which was uh i it was funny they that was a one-shot take right there that they did that at and i don't think they told kevin bacon so his uh reaction to that was like oh you're your pants are off okie dokie <laughs> which i just i i run into this all the time i may have brought it up on another episode i'm speaking up for the ladies stop putting us in white panties in movies we don't wear white panties do you know how much stuff falls out of us on a regular basis <laughs> Who's wearing white panties? Not me. Every every Bullshit. lady can wear them exactly once, uh, and then they mm-hmm. they got a little tinge. Then they look like one of those uh, uh, fucking. It looks like your pillow when you pull off uh, the the cover. You know, it's just Ew, got spots Rick, all How over dare it. you? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. He's. <laughs> I fucking hate that this is happening. But look, look, you wear black panties because you can't see anything until like three, four months from now when you're doing laundry and you see that they're bleached in the center because pussies are aesthetic. Nope, that's not right. Acidic. I'm turning into Eric. Also, it further proves... It further proves that my pussy is a xenomorph. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> I will say the coolest scene I out of her if you if you have like animal in your house, the animals just eat out the underwear. Yeah, that is true. They do animals more attentive really than my boyfriends. Yes, go <laughs> yeah. ahead. So uh, <laughs> I do like. I think the coolest scene though out of all of this is when they do like the wave thing as all the boards come up as they're making the last run into uh, Chang's uh, uh, little little uh, mini mart. Cool. There, that is a pretty cool scene. So uh, mm-hmm. now they're all stuck in there, trying not to make noise and vibrations because it really can't see. It just it just can hear the vibrations in the ground. Uh, but unfortunately the ice machine starts up and the fucking graboids come in and fucking swallow Chang whole, which is, uh, God, such a cool scene. Very reminiscent of Jaws as, uh, uh, fucking what's his name gets, uh, Quint gets it. It's a very similar shot. I thought it was really awesome. No, it totally does. And and like I it's funny because you said they almost named it land sharks which again horrible name not good at all but you're right it is almost the same type of feel that it's a predator believe beneath the surface that you can't actually see coming at you which is incredibly similar similar um I'm slurring my words um the other thing I was thinking about too is that when they can feel through the vibrations I fucking, again, would not survive this movie because the minute I turn on the Pussmaster 5000, they would just eat me right through the bed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, oh, hell yeah. So, um, they, uh, uh, after they 
grab Chang, most of them all head for the high ground, uh, some of them on top of the roof, others on top of the water tower, that's where Rhonda's at, uh, Wayne from the Wonder Years is on top of a shed, and everybody is just uh, really uh, on uh, on edge here. So, uh, Bert, though, and Heather are back at their place at the top of the hill, and they're wondering why everybody's on the rooftops. They try to radio them, but before they can find out that there's a giant maniac thing from the movie Dune and or Beetlejuice out on the loose ready to kill them uh it bursts through like the fucking kool-aid man uh and starts uh uh, so starts the the greatest gunfight outside of the movie predator i've ever seen uh (laughs) god so they just burst in and there's just a wall arsenal of guns and reba mcintyre michael gross just start firing wildly at this thing uh they uh they the the arsenal that they end up using are the following to try to to kill this graboid in the rec room uh a stay man liquor uh ssg p2 a winchester model 70 a winchester mo- model 12 th- uh 1200 defender okay thank Sorry. you for sharing uh the the hk 91 a2 a colt ar 15 uh sport or two a remington 870 a sig sour p 226, a Ruger Redhawk, an M8 flare gun, and finally Bert finishes it off with the Belgian William, uh, with a Belgian William and Company eight gauge elephant shotgun, uh, which is pretty fucking awesome. I love the giant elephant gun that they use and just the shells that look like a whole fucking hot dog every time you stick one in there. Uh, Finally, blows that thing's head off and uh i did pull a little bit of audio here after bert blows that thing to shreds and uh here we go broke into the wrong goddamn rec room didn't you you bastard we killed it you got that we killed that mother humper come back Uh, roger that, Bert, and, uh, congratulations. Be advised, however, there are two more, repeat, two more mother humpers. So, uh, if you think the audio sounded a little bit funny after that, we're hearing the word mother humper, it's because, uh, (laughs) this movie had to be re-edited to only have two F-words in the movie, and, uh, there are multiple times where this is said, uh, uh, where this is put in to hide a curse word mother humper uh was the it feels uh, gross yeah it doesn't feel right it can, it, it also I, yeah can i ask are you sure you didn't pull that from family ties i didn't i didn't pull it from family ties i didn't uh <laughs> But yes, yeah, so right. I, I do like a good re-edit. It reminds me of my favorite re-edit, which is the TV version of The Big Lebowski, where uh, I've, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before, but God damn it, it's so funny. When Walter comes out and does the famous scene where he beats uh, the kid's Corvette outside, uh, where he goes, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. Uh, they <sighs> replace that. This, do you see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps? That is probably the best dub I've ever heard. Uh, that is good. My personal favorite is uh, Volume 1, Kill Bill on TBS. And they changed it from, your name is Buck, right? And you're here to fuck, right? They change it to, my name is Buck, and I'm here to party. <laughs> 
<laughs> I never get tired of it. <laughs> I will. There's also one other one that always made me laugh because it's probably the worst dub I've ever seen, and it's from the movie The Professional. Uh, and Gary Gary Oldman, after he's very very frustrated of not being able to catch him, he's like, "Enough of this Mickey Mouse bull squash," uh, which I I always thought is a great one too. So so they can't think of what to do with the other two. Uh, Can't really shoot them through the ground, but don't worry because uh, the Grummers are making pipe bombs. They'll come in handy soon enough. Now, meanwhile, the Tremors are trying to take down the building that they're hiding on top of, uh, but finally find an easy prey in Nestor, who gets knocked off his trailer, stumbles around, and then gets sucked through the center of a giant truck tire uh, to his demise. Uh, meanwhile, though, Miguel has a plan to start up a lawnmower, let it run off for distraction so the others can make a run for the bulldozer, which they don't think that it could suck the bulldozer into the ground. It's just too big. And I like when there's somebody who uses a bulldozer and heavy machinery to just fight a larger thing. Uh, I think that it's a little bit racist that they had the Mexicans start the lawnmower. I, I did notice that. They were like, hey, I got a good idea. It involves a lawnmower in the middle of the desert. Why do you? Why does it even happen? Why is it there? It doesn't make sense. What is he mowing? He's like, it was, it's just in my family. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they're able to distract it with that. Uh, Val uh, is gets about 50 yards away, though, from the uh, bulldozer and then has to stop in his tracks as the Graboid pops up near him. And he's just trying not to move. He's standing on one foot, evading all the tentacles. But uh, the folks back home are able to distract it and bring it back away from him so he can get into the killdozer. He hooks up a big old metal trailer to it and then rides into town and lets all the folks hop on back so they can head up to Bert's place, uh, who's been making lots of... uh, lots of pipe bombs in the meantime although it is always tough to pack for such a trip as Bert has to uh, think about which guns he's going to bring Jesus Christ we're only going nine miles yeah well those things are going to be on our ass every foot of the way right what do you think max firepower this I go for penetration the 458 shooting solids Less ammo to carry. Come on, Bert, move it! Watch these ammo boxes! So he's just loading up with guns. Uh, He gathers everyone up, and they start making their way to the mountains. But the Graboids spring a trap and make a little part of the road collapse underneath it, immobilizing the dozer and forcing them to uh, head on foot. Uh, So... Bert goes and tries out one of the pipe bombs. It is super effective, not necessarily killing them, but the sound is so loud it forces them to retreat enough so they can run towards the rocks. Uh, Bert then gives Melvin the confidence to make this run. Melvin is the little bully kid who's in there by giving him a gun finally, and he's like, finally, I can run like a real boy. And uh, oh God, I hate that kid <laughs> so fucking much. And I'm so sad that his dad got eaten because I was just like, man. I wish the kid died instead. 
<laughs> you took the wrong boy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but Bert, uh, Melvin quickly finds out that there's no bullets in it, and he goes, "Oh shit!" And then uh, they barely make it to the rocks, but uh, they don't know what to do because now they're stranded there. In fighting begins because they're going to starve possibly on these rocks. And Bert theorizes this and gives Earl a great idea. If it comes to starvation. I know what I'm doing. Take one of these, walk right out there with the fuse lit and let them take me down. Boom. Good Lord, honey. Now that's not a bad idea. <laughs> no, no, it gives me an idea. Going fishing like. So they take a big old thing of fishing line and rope. Uh, they go ahead and light one of these things up and, uh, you know, try to lure it over by throwing rocks at the ground. Sure enough, they shoot this thing out there. They start reeling it back in. The grab boy goes ahead and gets it. And boom! It's fucking super effective. Blows it to high hell. So we're only down to one last Precambrian life form, which I keep saying, but I believe is actually that terminology is introduced in Tremors 2. Uh, no. No, it's in this one. Is it? Because I don't remember hearing it at all. No, it is. I do think it's funny, though, that you're like, did I? Is this just floating around in my brain, or did I hear this? <laughs> I think about I, I like, I know, I just remember Precambrian life form, but I'm not sure it's introduced in this movie. I feel like it's my part favorite- two thing about eric is eric's mind is like a very thick soup and when you stir it enough things float up from the bottom of the soup and you're like hey i forgot i put potatoes in here (laughs) so uh the uh so there's one left they try to go fishing for it and it grabs the pipe bomb with its little snake tentacle but then spits it back at them and uh they all end up having to run away as it blows up all the rest of the other pipe bombs except for the one that kevin bacon is holding so uh now everybody but uh bert Rhonda, and earl are now stuck out in the middle of nowhere off of the rocks trying to remain still as the graboid is slowly closing in on their location the people from the rocks uh and the grummers are telling him go ahead and throw the pipe bomb so you can get away but he's like nope this is might be my last shot otherwise we're just going to starve to death on those rocks so he takes off but realizes you know what i don't have a lighter to do that Rhonda has that so Rhonda goes and follows in suit as he starts running towards the cliff he gets the lighter he lights it and then throws the bomb it misses it completely but forces the graboid towards him at a very pace and this weird scene as he's watching the graboid come towards him and come towards him and at the last split second he jumps out of the way watching the watching the graboid jump off of the cliff in a classic moment of pure looney tunes style planning uh an old book pulling an old lesson out of the Roadrunners book and uh, watching the Graboid just fall directly into the ground and smashing into a giant gelatinous orange gloop was really fun I enjoyed it yeah 
very satisfying. So uh, it meets his demise, and uh, there is a small scene at the end where uh, it was it was established earlier that Kevin Bacon is just so uh, he he is you know he's standard for women is just too high, but he throws away his ex girlfriend's picture and finally uh, kisses sweet Rhonda, which brings us to an end of the uh, the great movie Tremors, and uh, we get played off with this. 1986 classic by Reba McIntyre, which uh, closes out the movie. Uh, you know, what a fun ride. Uh, now, the uh, the body count in this movie is a total of 10, not including sheeps and horses. Uh, in order, it's Edgar Deems, Old Fred, the two road workers, the doctor and his wife, uh, two people who came back to check on the road workers killed off screen. Only their body and bloody helmets are shown. Walter and Nestor. Um, obviously, this would go on to spark seven more movies uh, <laughs> that Ashley is the only one other than us that has actually seen them. Uh, but a good pick nonetheless and a great cult classic that I, we, I'm glad we got to share with you guys. Uh Ashley, what are your final thoughts on this gem? Um, I re- I, thank you. I really identify with Rhonda because I, too, know what it's like to be a deeply intelligent female caught between two boobs. <laughs> 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 now, thank you so much for letting me do this movie. Hell yeah. Uh, Jeremy, are you are you awake there, sir? Do you have any final thoughts yeah, on Tremors? Sorry, I was snoring. I was kind of fading out. She, Jeremy's in, been in the front seat of his car in full clown regalia. Just terrifying. I love it. Jeremy, what are your final thoughts on Tremors? Um, you know, when you think country bumpkin, you always think Kevin Bacon. That's what I think, too. True that. Hmm. True that. Uh, I personally, you know, I love Tremors. It holds a special place in my heart as a kid who grew up with uh, occasionally uh, HBO. This was a movie that got played regularly on HBO in the 90s. So I do remember watching this movie multiple times and always just loving the giant elephant gun and the monsters. And uh, I love that it's also the same uh, same crew that, that brought us the monsters from uh, Starship Troopers. Another one we should do one day. Uh, and uh, very similar aesthetic uh to that film because this is like one of the last 90s movies where they start being less gross you know what i mean like movies in the 80s were really cool and gross uh and this Mm -hmm. this as well as starship troopers are like two of the last really cool gross movies that you can watch uh and i also mean that as in it has michael gross in it and (sighs) for that uh i thank you it's a special movie everybody should go check out miss ashley where can people find you at you can always find me online at Ashley Pontius Laughs. Um, I have a show tomorrow, so whenever this airs, if you're in the Rehoboth Beach area, you can see me with Tommy Sinbazo at the pond. Um, I'll be hosting Cellar Door Sunday uh, the 12th. And then lastly, I do want to say both for my store and our quality time store, we are currently doing a Labor Day sale. If you use code uh, SUNSET, on our Teespring page, you get 10% off. And what's even better, we get to keep all of the money right now for Labor Day for our sales. So this ends tomorrow night. So please shop with us. 
Yes, please, go on there. And if you're looking for links to all that bullshit, I don't know where Ashley's link is, but I should put it on ericcomedy.com so you can get it as well there. Uh, buy some merch. We need it. I need money. Jeremy needs it so he can get more quality audio like the, the Tom Arnold stuff from earlier today. So get all that stuff. Uh, I have one show coming up this Saturday, and if you're listening to this, uh, buy a ticket. It's in jeopardy of being canceled. So uh, very low ticket sales. Apparently 9-11, not the best day to have a comedy show, but I'm telling you, the terrorists win if you don't do it. That's, uh, that's, that is true. So, uh, come out and check that stuff out. Uh, aircomedy.com, air with a K, comedy with a C for all that info and jazz. Um, Jeremy, take us the fuck out of here. The grab boys are trying to keep us from dancing. <laughs> so I gotta grab loose foot gloops, clip off my gumbag glooms.